Welcome to A Flame for Christ, homilies to set your hearts on fire with love for Jesus Christ. My name is Father Joseph Gill, a priest of the Diocese of Bridgeport, Connecticut, and you've joined us on this fifth Sunday of Easter. So Pope Benedict XVI starts out his magnificent book, Jesus of Nazareth, with a very fundamental question. What is it that Jesus came to bring us? Did he come to end all wars and bring world peace? Did he come to end poverty and hunger? Did he come to be a great moral teacher? Well, I mean, we still see war and poverty and hunger in the world today. And although his moral teachings are very beautiful, they could have been given to us by Socrates or the Dalai Lama. So what did Jesus come to bring us? The truth is, he came to bring us God. He came to reveal the Father to us. We would have no way to get to know God unless we actually met him in the flesh, in Jesus Christ. You know, it's always humorous. I'm from Maryland, and a lot of people will say, oh, you're from Maryland? Do you know John Smith? And I want to say to them, my friend, we have over 6 million people in the state of Maryland. So if I've never met John Smith, how am I going to know him, right? Just because I know he's in Maryland doesn't mean I have a relationship with him. Same it is with us and God, right? We know God is in heaven, but since none of us have ever been there, We need somebody from heaven to come down and introduce God to us and us to God. And that is Jesus Christ, that he is that bridge between God and the human race. But here's the audacious claim that Jesus makes. He says that he is the only way to the Father. He makes the claim that he's not just one path among many to reach God, but rather, if we authentically want to know who God really is, then we have to turn to Jesus, to his words and deeds in scriptures, and to the teachings of his body, the church, that he left with us. You know, a few years ago, I was watching a documentary about faith, and the interview was asking a woman named Shauna what she believed. And she said, well, you know, I like the holidays of Christianity, but I also like how the Buddhists meditate. And I've been reading the Quran, I like some of that, and, you know, I'm really devoted to the environment. So I guess I believe in a little bit of everything. I guess you could say that I believe in Shaunaism. And I had to laugh, you know, it's kind of the classic modern response, right? So do it yourself, find what works for you, what fits into your lifestyle type of religion. In other words, it's religious relativism, the belief that all religions are just essentially equal. But Jesus says otherwise. Rather, his singular claim is that he is the one savior of the human race, that he reveals the fullness of truth about God, that he really is the only way to heaven, that he is the life that never ends. So what does that mean for us? A couple things. First of all, so it, it helps us to form, form us to understand how we as Catholics are to believe and to believe. So what does that mean for us? It means a couple things. Well, first of all, it means that as Catholics, we respect all that is true, beautiful, and good in other religions, while also acknowledging that Christ is the fullness of goodness, truth, and beauty. Anyone from another religion who is saved is saved because of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross, not because of their own religion. Buddha cannot save anyone. Muhammad cannot save anyone. Various spiritual traditions cannot save anyone. It's only Jesus Christ and him alone who is the unique savior of the human race. Now, this does not mean that non-Christians don't go to heaven. I'm not saying that. In, in fact, the church doesn't teach that. The Second Vatican Council had, had this great uh, line in Lumen Gentium, quote, those who through no fault of their own do not know the gospel of Christ or his church, but who nevertheless seek God with a sincere heart may achieve eternal salvation. Okay, so non-Christians can go to heaven, but their salvation comes through Jesus and his grace, 
not through their own religion, because Jesus really is the only Savior and the fullness of truth about God. Now, the second takeaway, I think, is what our response is. And that response Christ makes clear in today's gospel. It's faith. Now, faith is not just some vague feeling or sentimentality. It's rather the commitment to take Jesus at his word, to accept his claims, and to apply those, those claims to our life. So, for example, you know, he claims to be divine. So our response in faith is to worship him. He claims, for example, that his death brings us life and mercy. So if we really believe that, then we have to live as new creations made new in the death of Christ. Jesus preaches repentance and holiness. So if we truly have faith, then we're going to turn from our sins and pursue holiness in our everyday life. Jesus reveals the truth about eternity and everlasting life. So we take seriously the pursuit of heaven in our own life. Jesus established his church, and so we stay faithful to Catholicism, and we pray for the spreading of the true faith. Jesus remains with us in the Eucharist, so we become people whose lives are centered around the Mass. So faith in Christ really means taking seriously all of his claims about the Eucharist, about eternity, about holiness, about who he is and who we are, and then living like all of his claims are true, no matter what that costs us. A perfect example of this is the life of St. Abbo of Tiphilus. Never heard of St. Abbo? Actually, I didn't either until a couple weeks ago, but he has an amazing story. So he grew up in Baghdad as a Muslim in the 700s, and his father taught him the trade of being a master perfumer, one who makes fine perfumes. Now, in the sweaty Middle East all those centuries ago, I think probably most people smelled pretty bad. So being a perfumer was a very elite profession. At the age of 17, he managed to get hired by a visiting prince, Prince Narses, who took him into his retinue. So after serving him for a while, the prince ended up returning to his home country of Georgia, not the state, the country. And there, for the first time, Abo, the perfumer, encountered Christians. So, you know, as a young, fervent Muslim, he began to debate the local Catholics and the priests because he said, you know what, I'm going I'm to make them Muslim. He believed that his faith was the true faith. But he knew, though, that he couldn't argue well with Christians unless he knew what Christians believed. And so he decided that he was going to read the Bible. Now, when he read the Bible, he encountered Jesus Christ. And he was kind of blown away because he didn't encounter a wise man or a moral teacher or a prophet. He encountered God incarnate. It really was like the words of the Bible were a bridge to encounter, encounter Jesus, the incarnate word. So he immediately converted in, upon reading the Bible, knowing that this was the truth. But he also knew that as an ex-Muslim, his life was in danger. And so he had to practice his faith in secret for many years as a clandestine Catholic, praying to Jesus, but not living it openly. Now finally, Prince Nerses, whom he was serving, ended up moving to another part of the country, which had a lot more Catholics, so Abel could practice his faith freely, get baptized, and really start living pretty hardcore for Christ. So after living that way and finding this wonderful Christian community, Prince Nerses had to move back into the more dangerous Muslim area. And he told Abo, hey, Abo, why don't you stay here? It's much safer for you. But by this time, Abo was on fire with love for Christ. And he wanted desperately to bring the good news of Jesus to his own people. And so he accompanied Nerses back to the Muslim part of town. And he began preaching to everyone he knew, even in the streets, that Jesus was the only Savior. Now, the Muslim authorities threatened him several times. He was warned, but his heart was ablaze and he just couldn't stay silent. 
Finally, he was arrested and sentenced to death for converting to Christianity, and the judge offered him rewards and treasure if he'd just give up the faith. But Abo knew that Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life. And so he gave up his life for Christ, and Christ the life restored it to him a thousandfold. This day, my friends, we rededicate our hearts to following the only one who created us, the only one who loved us unto death and beyond, and the only one who invites us to share his eternal life, Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life.